Hello everybody out there in Twitch chat and if you're listening to us on our podcast as well. Hello, how are we all doing tonight? Very special night tonight. We've got Pete. Pete, who's very excited there. Why are you excited, Pete? Mate, I'm a little bit excited for a couple of reasons. Um, I'm in the new studio. I know it doesn't look like much right now, but it is ours and it's working and it's lit and there's electricity and the internet's clearly going um, so I'm, I'm really pumped, man. This is a real huge moment, uh, for uh, not just for me personally, you know, who's been working amongst all this for the past six years. Um, but for this team as well, because this is the dream to turn this into a broadcast space and do all our shows from here. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited, but I'll talk more about that very soon. Um, the other reason I'm excited is because we have a very special guest with us tonight and I'm just going to dive right in and uh, introduce him. His name is Andrew West. He's the CEO of Bungara Studios. Um, They're working on a game called Barton Lynch Pro Surfing 2022. Now, I came across this game because one of our uh, awesome um, community members, Daz Action, dropped it in one of our channels in the Discord and was like, hey, Pete, grab these guys. They're in Fremantle. Now, for those of you who live elsewhere, not here in WA, Fremantle, of course, two great reasons. One, uh, I love the Fremantle Dockers. They're my team. Two, Fremantle is an amazing place uh, and it's not too far from us here in WA and Andrew joins us now. It's so great to have you on the show, mate. Thank you. Thanks so much for the introduction. I'm not sure we deserve it, but thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I think you do deserve it because independent development of games is a, it's a slog. It's a bloody hard thing. And in particular yeah. um, here in WA where we are pretty much the arse end of the world, um, yes. you know, it, 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 uh, God, what's the word for it? What's the, it nerfs that opportunity just that little bit more. But so to see this happen is really exciting for us as gamers, as people interested in indie. Um, but what can you tell us about yourself and about Bungara Studios? Well, as you say, um, it has been a slog. It's been unbelievably difficult, as most indie developers around the country will attest. It's, it's really, really hard. I mean, we've worked um, part-time jobs uh, for, you know, 14 years or thereabouts just to try and keep our heads above water. Um, we, we started out uh, probably around 24 years ago now, literally wow. in a garage, as you do. And um, uh, we, we really, for the first two years, we just uh, tried to get a prototype up. Again, it, it was a surfing game back then. And then eventually um, we signed a, an agreement. Uh, we, we, first of all, we, we borrowed money from an uncle. Um, and then we, we, we shopped, shopped that around. When it, we got on a plane, my brother and myself, um, and uh, got a lot of platter shoes. Went to, we went to England to, with this, you know, carried a PC on the plane, literally the, you know, old style, big screens and so on. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, we, we lugged that around um, and... We, we got a lot of platitudes from um, big publishers back in the day. It was all disc-based back then. And, um, you know, yes, yes, we love what you're doing, guys. Yes, um, here's our card. Stay in touch, all that stuff. And then uh, and, and nothing, you know, mm-hmm. the sound of crickets. And then, um, and then we were down to our last $2,000. Uh, and then we went over to the inaugural um, AGDC or the Game Developer Conference um, in Sydney in 2000. And then we signed a deal, luckily, uh, well, luckily or unluckily, depending on how you view it, we signed a deal with um, EA. And, um, and that was our first deal. Uh, and they, they were just setting up um, a studio in Queensland at the time called EA Studio Oz. And so we sort of did this collaborative project, um, which uh, didn't really hit the mark for, for either of us. Um, we were on the PS2 back then. That, that 
ended in a, a bit of a mess for us. Um, and then we uh, picked ourselves up from that. And then we signed another agreement with a with Vivendi Universal. So they were they were doing a um, a surfing movie at the time called Blue Crush. I don't know if you guys remember that, but anyway, it was yes. a, a, yep. back in the day. And and so we were, we were going to be doing a um, the video game version of that. That failed <laughs> again. <laughs> so we had we had two strikes, um, and then we did a, another deal with a a little New York publisher, a little budget publisher, um, and that was called XS Games, or that the publisher at the time. And the guy behind that, he was the guy who originally did the um, the first GTA. So uh, when it was a top-down game, he was the guy that was um, behind that. And but that that game again, that that game failed. Um, we 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 couldn't get that off the ground. So we had three prototypes on the on the PS2. Um, uh, that that game didn't get across the line with Sony. They there were some issues there between Sony and, and the publisher, and you know, we got caught up in that. By that stage, it was 2005, and we'd had enough. So we thought, nut, nah, we're we're going to do this by ourselves. Um, you know, uh, we, we we thought, okay, well, we could we could. There were just at that point there was just whispers of digital on the horizon. Uh, so we thought okay, maybe um, we'll be able to do this ourselves at some point. So we went from a 14-man studio down to three of us, effectively, in the end. Uh, and then we just groveled. We crawled over broken glass for, for years um, to get the game that we, we thought uh, should, should hit the market. And we, we got that to, to market eventually in... 2012 so it took us years to get from 2005 to 2012 and it was only it was on pc and we launched it uh it was it was the surfer the original um surfer game and it, we launched that on desura i don't know if you guys remember desura they were out of melbourne they were like a a steam a little mini steam version they were absolutely fantastic they were great yeah, yeah. And, and then um we got that out and then Five years after that, we we then got the surfer out. We were exhausted by the time we actually got the surfer out. We were just that was in 2017, and by that stage, the PS4 was already well and truly a uh, PS3 rather was well and truly gone, and the PS4 was well and truly old. And we were probably the last game, or maybe the second last game to come out on the the PS3. We were right at the the very end, Jeez. and. Then after that, we then eventually um, thought, well, okay, what are we going to do now? Um, and, and I'd been working a second job. The other guys had been working second jobs. Uh, and we pitched, we had an idea that we thought might work. Um, it was basically the original game that we started out with prior to EA. Um, when we were working with EA, they basically turned what we had um, into SSX on water. That's what they, they wanted. So we started out with a simulation. It became, you know, something else entirely. We just didn't recognise that game in the end. Uh, and then we thought, okay, well, let's just go back to what we started out with originally. Let's just try and do a simulation. So um, we did that. We got a little prototype together. We um, approached Barton, Barton Lynch. Barton um, doesn't know anything about video games at all um, and was quite... I think he's a little bit taken aback when we first approached him. Uh, we just thought, well, we'll just, let's just have a go. Let's just see what yeah. happens. Yeah. And um, it took a little bit of convincing, but eventually he said, yeah, okay. He could see that we were genuine. He could see, you know, we, we were coming from the right place and we, we, we're surfers ourselves. So, um, you know, he, he knew we were coming from that space and, then eventually um, he agreed to, to work with us and he's been just incredible. So he's opened all these doors that uh, in the surfing community, that is, that um, we just never had any access to previously. Uh, you know, we, we tried, but we got a lot of no's, you know, a lot of rejections. And, but he, he was, you know, he was magnificent. He just, he had, the, he had the golden key and it was up to us at that point Thereafter, once we got our foot in the door to, you know, to talk to the companies and say, hey, look, you know, um, this is what we've got in mind. And once they understood that, they were, they were um, pretty keen. So, yeah, so it's been, 
it's been a real mission for us. Um, it's been an <laughs> unbelievable journey for us. It sounds like it. I mean, jeez. You know, before we were talking off the air, we only had so much time because um, we know you've got to go and um, pick up one of your kids. Yep. Uh, so, mate, you know, as soon as you have to um, tell us that you got to go, feel feel free to do so. Sure, sure. Um, but, the, like, in that opening stanza alone, I've got so many questions that, that I want to talk about. Like, I, I want to know, you know, w- what the reaction from your uncle was when you first asked him for the money. Uh, like, the... Yep you know, what it was like to have an EA deal and, you know, these these projects, the three prototypes, the it's just it's just extraordinary. I straight, I we usually go one question for one question here. Do you wanna is there anything you wanna ask? I I just I'm speechless after that. That's such an incredible journey and to to come come out and and finally be able to release your dream product. Um yeah, I I'm I'm still processing that that story, to be honest, Pete. So if you want to go ahead and and ask some some questions, go for it. Well, sure. Like I like I mean I'll I will go way back, and then you know what, Andrew? If we have to, if we have, well, not if we when we get you back because there's so much to chew on here. Um, that'd be great. Um, yeah. but like that, <laughs> your uncle lending yeah. you the money. I mean, w- was he into games? Was that was that a tough conversation? It was really hard. <laughs> it was difficult. Um, you know, they, they, people say never be, mix business with family. Um, mm. But he, he's, he's part of our company. So he's part of our lives. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was tough. He, he did pretty well back in the day in his, in his business. So he, um, he, he backed us. Uh, it, was, it was 40 grand back then, um, which was a lot of money today yeah. and, and back then. Um, and... He, he, you know, he backed us. Um, we still worked second jobs, um, but we just thought, okay, let's, let's have a dig. We, I think we probably had a bit of a midlife crisis in our late 20s, my brother and myself. We just sort of got to the edge, you know, end of uni and the sort of beginning of work and sort of, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing with our lives? How do we, how do we, what do we do? What do we enjoy doing? What do we, what do we think we might be able to do? And, um, I was I was working as a, a reviewer back then, as a as a journalist, and um, uh, you know, and I thought, well, how hard can it be? Oh God, how how wrong was I? I mean, we we had to learn uh, the ins and outs of code, um, managing, you know, ourselves, managing people, um, you know, talking to investors, talking to publishers, you know, just the, the whole package, and we had to learn that very quickly. Um, and we made a lot of mistakes along the way, a ton of mistakes. Um, but, you know, he, he was good. He backed us. And when we got the deal with DA, um, we were able to pay him his money back. So that was, that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that Jeez. really was the start of it. Um, Web, like your, so the, you know, the mistakes being made and stuff like that, you were, you were in amongst Web 1, like when, you know, when, when, when you had to know computer language to, to be able to do all that sort of stuff. I mean, we're sort of into web two now where um, a lot of the, the programming and software is quite friendly. Um, and uh, a lot of the design techniques and design software and, you know, just general design opportunities are, are just so much further um, ahead than what they were, you know, going back 20 odd years ago. Yeah. Um, the, just quickly, mate. What what can you tell us? Because I'm still mindful of time. What can you sure. tell us about the the game before we do let you go? Yep. Um, what can you tell us about the game? When when do we get to see it? When can we get hands on with it? All of that sort of stuff. Well, it's in early access at the moment. Um, we we thought that that was the best place to start. Um, so you can get, you know we can send you a code and you can have a look at it. It's still it's still rough around the edges. You know, it's still quite a few bugs. Um, uh, and we're getting a lot of feedback from from people, um, and you know they're they're really encouraging. They're um, they're pointing out the, the obvious flaws, which is what you, what you expect, because of course entertainment's such a, an important part of people's lives. You, you don't want to, you know, the last thing you want to have happen is you come home from work and you've had a pretty bit of a you know bad day, and you know you, you want to sit down with entertainment and you want to feel good about it. 
Um, so mm. we're really mindful, um, super mindful that we, we're there to serve our customer or our, our, our people, our, you know, the, the clients, call them what you will, Joe next door. We, we want to make them happy um, ultimately. And so we're taking on that feedback. Um, and then uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll be going through the Xbox One submission process. We've got an Xbox Series X kit here. We'll get a PS5 kit and we'll then try and do um, some ports across to those uh, platforms later this year. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's early days for us. We've, we just launched on uh, early access about two weeks ago now. And so it's, yeah, we're just sort of starting on the, the whole Twitter, Instagram, social media stuff. We're still pretty small. Um, you know, there's four of us uh, full-time and four part-time, um, you know, and so we're, we're just having a, a real go at it. Mm. And uh, we hope, hope to please people. We hope people like what we've done. They can see um, that we don't have the, uh, the EA-like production values. I don't think anyone expects that from an indie studio um, who, who knows about the, the way indie studios get about their business. But, you know, we're, we're mindful that we want, you know, people to have a good time with, with our, our product. Yeah, unreal. Well, mate, we appreciate your time. Um, we really do. We'll, we'll let you go and uh, you. we'll get you back because there's so much of your story that we need to, we need to chew over. Okay, thank you. Indeed, like you, I'm just like I'm I'm gobsmacked just by the whole journey, and yeah, like Pete said, just the the early days of you guys starting out. I I want to know more. I w- I want to go right in depth with this, and we definitely have to get you back. Thank you so much, Jan. So I appreciate the time. I appreciate the opportunity. No worries, and um, mate, we'll come out and see you. I mean, God, I'd give anything to come have a look at studios and see things. <laughs> It'd be amazing. It'd be awesome. Well, well, don't, don't, don't get your hopes up. I mean, certainly you can come and see us, but when there's nothing fancy here in Frio. So, oh, have, yes. you se- have you seen where I am right now? <laughs> <laughs> we know not fancy. It go yeah, Okay. Thank um, you. Uh, beautiful. Good on you, Andrew. We'll chat to you soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. What Gee. an incredible chat. Like, I, I just, I'm gobsmacked at, at the journey they've taken from developing for a PS2 game to, to releasing something at the end of the PS3 to what, what we're seeing now in the, in the trailer that, that we're, we're just showing off here. And it just, it looks incredible. And I, I, I'm always marvel at games like this when they get the locations in there as well. And I, like you said, getting Barton Lynch on board like that opens so many doors for them and yeah it's just it's incredible i can't yeah. can't wait to to talk uh, to andrew more yeah blown away i mean that that story you know 20 plus years when you when you're in the game for over 20 years um and i as i was sort of looking through here gamma um nice work dropping in the links man we appreciate that 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 was awesome um a lot of good resources there but you know that was underscore pro um saying they would have had front row seats to the democratization of game development and publishing. I want to talk to him about that. I want to talk to him about the journey and the process and what he's seen over that time. Mm -hmm. He's got such an extraordinary story to tell. Because things things would have changed so much. Like back, back in the days when they started, like they would have had to have had the likes of an EA or big company backing them. But yeah, with 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 the way that all, all the indie games are gone and how companies have made it easier for for indies like um, Xbox has has a whole heap of good stuff to do with indies and things like releasing on Steam and Epic has never been easier for for game developers yeah there's still some hoops to jump through but you can still be your own studio and do stuff like this and and get back to their original vision because it sounds like it it got uh, dumbed down a little bit where they were looking for for a real surfing simulation game and EA like you said wanted SSX but with surfing yeah uh, to be able to go inside those conversations as well mm. you know for him to say we didn't recognize our game by the end of it it's not mm. the first time we've heard a story like that um, but it is the first time we've actually been this close to having the opportunity to talk to somebody about what that process is like so mm-hmm. um, yeah looking forward to having him back um, mate, hello, hello to you. Uh, you know, we'll get into the podcast proper now. It's it's really nice to catch up. 
Um, it's been a, a crazy couple of weeks. There's been all sorts of random things floating around. You weren't too well last week. That's it, yeah. What, how are you feeling, mate? You all right? Um, much better this week. It's, uh, yeah, just had a bit of a cold and it just came on and, yeah, wasn't good. But all good. Happy to be back this week and can't wait to get into the studio myself there. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's going to be it's going to be really good. And as I, um, as I sort of stand in here, you know, you get to actually. I mean, the reason why I wanted to move everything in here while the place is still a shambles is because this is the best way to picture um, how this is actually going to come together. You know, are there going to be couches in here? Are there, is it going to be a standing desk? How are we going to to manage the you know the backdrop and what's that going to look like? And um, as I stand in here, starting to use the space, it's it's yeah, very much natty in chat. Very much studio excite right now. Um, mate, we got to say hello to our mates at Manscaped. Final week with them, and we really appreciate them joining uh, us here at Game on Australia. So thank you so much. My balls have never felt um, more shaved, more s- smooth, and more streamlined. Um, so it's it's been wonderful. Use code GOA for 20% off, manscaped.com. Um, and also, of course, uh, free shipping on that stuff too. Um, a studio housewarming may very well be on the cards. I think that'd be very cool. I mean, we do have... I'll just flip the camera here. We've got plenty of space for, you know, a, a studio audience. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? No, um, so anyway, a go a cocktail party. Go a cocktail party might yeah. be nice. Black tie, of course. Only the most fancy. Um, thanks to Fat Gamer and thanks to Sticks, both dropping those uh, epic subs. Thanks, Drop Bear, as well. Appreciate that, guys. And it's wonderful to have people watching um, tonight from all over the country. What are we getting stuck into this week, Straight? What do we got? Well, as always, we're going to start about what we're playing. And I, I can answer this for both of us this week because we had a nice little session on Saturday night playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland. That was good, wasn't it? It was. I, and I, so yeah. much fun. Like, it's it's the Borderlands humour. And, and it's just it's Borderlands, but with Tiny Tina making up the rules, which is... Awesome. So I'm not a I'm not a Borderlands tragic. Um, I consume a lot of my Borderlands content through Nico, um, who's so heavy into Borderlands and 2K. And um, but I do, you know do watch and appreciate from afar. So this is the first time I've actually really gotten deep into um, a, a like a a Borderlands game essentially, and I'm having an absolute ball. Um, you know, you have a you have a great time when you're playing co-op at the best of times because it's just you and your mates just getting to run around and, and have, have fun. But this game is extremely well put together. It's wonderfully written. The dialogue is so funny. I'm just having a laugh. Um, and, and from from the get-go, you are you know that you're in for a wild time. You know, from the what, what was the what's her name? What's the butt unicorn? Oh, like butt the, stallion. Yeah, but stallion, you know, like Tiny Tina and the name of the but the thing for me about that as someone who's played some Dungeons and Dragons, which the the name that they use for Dungeons and Dragons, because obviously they can't use that name, very clever. Bunkers and um, badasses. Yes, right. So you know, even down to that minute detail, there's all these little wink, wink, nudge, nudges throughout the entire game as you play. Um, but the, you know, from the moment that you hear Queen Butt Stallion for the first time, you're like, you guys have gotten into the minds of every single Dungeons and Dragons night from around the world where you know that people are naming their characters stupid shit. But that's, you know, and that's, that's what was so good about this for me. It's, it's such a unique take on the first person shooter genre. Um, and then the way that, and I'll, I'll hand over to you for this, mate, um, because you, you know, you sort of spoke, talked me through it for a bit. Um, the way that they actually integrate top-down tabletop gaming mm-hmm. into the game is very clever. Yeah, that that is pretty cool. Like, I like the the overworld look of it, which that's that's a new thing to border, Borderlands. Well, it might have been because there was a a Tiny Tina DLC for Borderlands Three, I think. So it might have been in that because I haven't played that, but um. But yeah, that that's relatively new, and they've got things like big, big like cheese logs that just sit and block your path, and like the river is a soda can with like it looks like Fanta running down the stream, and 
and even like there's little bridges to unlock shortcuts at a bottle tops and it's just it it looks so cool and he and the gameplay is borderlands gameplay like um mm. it's I, I I remember when Borderlands 3 got announced, I didn't really know Borderlands then either, and everybody was going mad for this. So I thought, you know what, let's play it. So I I bought Borderlands 1, 2, and the pre-sequel and played through them, and I had a ball. It is just stupid funny. Like, there's one mission in Borderlands 2 where you come across an enemy and he's just begging for you to kill him, and the mission is just literally to shoot him in the head. That's all he wants. Yeah. And... And that's the same sort of humor coming through in here. It's just stupid, good fun. And like every time I see the trailer and, and Tiny Tina's there screaming out, it's bunkers and badasses, baby. I just, I'm expecting her to say it's bunkers and badasses, bitch. And, but you know, that's, that's the humor that this game has. It doesn't try to go down the, uh, you know, the more crass swearing sort of a, yeah, path. It, yeah, it's it's cl- it's clever, never crass. I yeah. mean, that's that's a you know that's another that's another thing that makes me go, God, you've done well because mm-hmm. you could easily the, the the way sort of the the borderland the theme around borderlands and all of that, um, you know, it, it is a real wild west scenario, utopian dystopia. Even if a utopian dystopia is a thing, it's not a thing. A dystopian, you know, world. Um, they could do that. They could cross that line if they wanted to and really go at the lowest common denominator, you know, the easy. But they haven't done that. Like, it, it's just, ah, mwah, yeah. uh, chef's kiss from me, my friend. I'm going to give it five chef's kisses out of five. It is a great <laughs> game, and I'm having an absolute ball. I'm having even more fun when I get to play with you. So mm-hmm. uh, here's to many more Tiny Tina's Wonderlands um, for us. Huzzah. Oh, yeah good but I, I will say that's not the only thing that i've been playing because i've been keeping an eye on the a game called um festival tycoon now i played this as part of um i think it was was like a steam games festival at some point um and basically the whole thing is you build a festival and you you get you put in like a stage and a whole heap of other little bits and pieces and book the bands, get sponsors. And when I played it in April, it was um, fairly basic. Like, it was just like an early demo sort of thing. Since then, it's gone through early access and it's coming out of early access on the 4th of May. Um, So I've been playing a little bit of that. I've gotten a little bit of an advanced copy of the 1.0 version. And it's still the same game at its core, but there's just so much more there. There... I'm just loving the career mode where you'll just um, build up and and each festival that you do, you unlock more um, grounds that you can build on that have got different things on them. And it's just, it's so much fun. Like I just find it's relaxing going through and building your festival because you get as much time as you want to build your festival. And then you can do some pre-sale tickets. You can get your sponsors in. Sponsors might have some requirements like they um they don't want a certain type of music being played or you have to have some have to book a certain type of thing um and then while the festival's running you've got to manage like the the janitors to clean up you got to manage the food stalls you got to manage like the um oh i've lost the word now um everything yeah you got to manage everything i'm impressed yeah it's impressed just watching it play yeah. out watching the trailer play out on the screen right now um do you get hit by COVID at any particular point in time not that i've seen and i i no, don't think you will no no, no, okay. no COVID but, shutdown so um do you get to actually take in your festival do you get to launch it and then watch it are, are there bands involved have they licensed music they haven't licensed music but so they've got some little um pre-made music tracks that you can have uh, well, that the, the bands play. And and when you get, like, because you can zoom right in. Like, when I say right in, I mean, everything that, that you're seeing on the screen at the moment is sort of the level of zoom. So you can be right out and see everything. Or you can basically put yourself in the crowd in front of the band and hear them play. And, and the further you get away from the stage, the quieter it gets. So if you put a couple of stages in, you can, like, go between the two stages and... It's just sort of generic type music, but it does add. So if you put in a, 
hip-hop band it'll be like generic hip-hop style music or a folk band will give you that sort of folky vibe as well so it's yep, yep. it's really cool um and even to the point where if you when you bring sponsors on board you have to appease their advertising as well so like you might name a stage after after them and put their advertising on it and it's just it it's such a good in-depth game and i love what this this developer did this is a one-man developer too that's done done this game what? we love we love our indie devs and that's what they've done they released it into steam early access like what bung Arrow studios did with barton lynch pro um and and this is what they've used it for they've used it f- so that people can play their game test it get some feedback um and they had the had the uh, like a roadmap and it's gotten to the point where they're ready to come out of, of early access on May the 4th and and be launching on Steam and Epic too. So it's... Unreal. Yeah, really cool. Been lo- been loving it. Just It's one of those little little sim games that just you can spend hours and hours playing. And it's got a sandbox mode as well. So if you just want to build the best, best festival you can, go off and do that. I love it. I think it's a really, it's a really, I think it's a really neat idea. I mean, any of the tycoon style games are always neat ideas and there's so many places that you can go with that sort of format you know like you can just think off the top of your head that there's there's any number of things where you can just put all of the elements together to have people you know work on the strategy and have a bit of fun um and you get to be god a festival promoter and i'm with natty i I think you being the next coachella promoter or you know coachella gym has a nice ring to it could 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 chill could jim jim chella jim chella jim chella we'll go with that jim Jim chella i think jim chella's great um this is it's awesome i'll check it out i'll be sure to check it out yeah definitely i think it was it's like 18 bucks or something so it's not not expensive either and it's it's well worth the money it's a lot lot of fun if you're into those sort of sim games but uh but yes, we've got some news though. We've we've got some news, and we got a I got a new little intro that I'm going to play because I, I worked very hard on this intro, and I'm very proud of it. So um, we're going to get into some gaming well news from the four corners of the gaming world. Gamers presents news from four corners of the gaming world. How was that? I reckon that's pretty cool. I just, I don't know, that, that old news reel vibe. I always love that. That was amazing. It was. I love it, it. God, a new studio, um, new intro for news. I just. God, people will think we're professional soon. Yeah, something like that. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, Natty loves it. Uh, Gamma loves it. A lot of wows going on, which is really cool. Yeah. Love it. Um, here's so, mate. What's happening news so, wise? What's around the ground? First bit of news. This happened um, a week or so ago, but I, I still think it's worth talking about because um, there was a leak that came out um, via 4chan that was posted on Twitter about um, some Game Boy leaks that seem to indicate that Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games are coming to the Switch. Now, um, I'm quite interested in this because. I one of my bugbears with Nintendo is not having the virtual console on the Switch. Like, mm. I I loved it on the Wii and the Wii U and being able to just buy those old games and the way they've done it now where they they attach it to their online thing and like so if you get the Nintendo Switch online which is like 30 bucks a year you get access to some some Nintendo and Super Nintendo games and be able to play online and get cloud saves blah 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 if you pay 50 bucks a month you get that expansion pack plus which gets you the Nintendo 64 and Mega Drive games as well um and they did the the 48 new Mario Kart tracks too um but yeah, having the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games in there would just make it that little bit more attractive if you, they're going to chuck it in. And and I hope if they do chuck it in, they don't make it more expensive as well because like the fifty bucks at the moment is a little bit expensive for what you what you're getting. If I'm being honest, uh, I'm with you. I I'm totally with you. Like uh, you know, I um I have it more so for the multiplayer like more than anything i guess Mm. but but i'm not getting value like i haven't touched i haven't touched those games for a long time and i reckon um since the nintendo 64 virtual console came to the switch i think i've had to have played those games once or twice at the most Mm. and not gone back 
Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, you know, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, the, there's some monster, monster titles. I mean, we're talking about all of the original Pokemon games mm. here. And yep. I just wonder if those will see the light of day, you know? Are we going to get a virtual console where um, it's actually quite dry? Uh, and, you know, even to that extent, I mean, Nintendo 64's virtual console is quite rich with with good games. I mean, Christ, Ocarina of Time's on there. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, the, the experience of going back and playing them and all of that, it'll be... It'll be I, think, I think it'll be the sort of thing where... You know, in time, all of these things will come together to make us feel like we're getting our value for money. But it's just more of a case of whether or not it actually keeps you coming back. And I, I don't know that it's strong enough to do so when it's competing against the likes, the likes of Game Pass on Xbox, for example. Yeah, that, um, that's it. When, when you've got that many games, and, and even PlayStation Plus, um, the way that they're going now, like... Nostalgia is only going to get Nintendo so far. And especially yeah. with, like, Nintendo nostalgia, I feel, aims specifically at people that are you and my age, Pete. Because yeah. we remember playing the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. People that are probably, you know, 5, 10, 15 years younger remember the Xbox and the PlayStation. And that's mm. the games that they want to play. They want to go back and play Abe's Odyssey or Final Fantasy Seven or... Um, or the original Halo or stuff like that, you know, it's, it's, and, and Nintendo are only going to be able to get by on that for so, so long. And the issue that I have is that the Game Boy, like, it's like going back to play gold, the original GoldenEye. Like, it sounds like a great idea to remember how much fun you had, but then you remember it's Nintendo 64 graphics and you're trying to move around quickly. And it's, oh, not- it's shocking. Yeah, it I has not aged well. And give it a shot is absolutely shocking. Mm. I mean, the thing is, you know, like the in terms of sales dominance, I'm just looking at the figures here. The PlayStation Two, um, best-selling console in history, over 150 million units sold as of Feb 2011. The Xbox had sold over 24 million units as of May 2006, so still, you know, sold a few more. The GameCube had sold 22 million units as of September 2010. Yeah. So time frame, you know, for that generation, comparable between PlayStation 2 and the GameCube, and yet the PlayStation 2 had sold 128 million more units then. So, yeah, there's a fair old chance that um, the majority of people who are just a touch younger than you and myself, mate, are exactly as you mentioned. They're, they're the PlayStation 2 generation. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, that's not to say there aren't some great games there. Like, you oh. know, you've got Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. You've got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Um, Mario Kart Super Circuit is in there. Metroid Fusion. Metroid Fusion is an absolute belter. It is, an, it is a brilliant game. Castlevania, Aria of Sorrow, fantastic. You know, that. so there's, like, there are a lot of really great titles available for them to choose from it's just whether or not they actually put those in there yeah and and you're probably looking at it's probably going to be mostly sort of first or second party nintendo titles so i'm actually excited to see what happens with pokemon though because Mm. one of the things that annoys me about pokemon is the different versions they put out and the pokemon that you have to trade between the versions like that annoys me to no end because I don't want to have to go out there and make the effort to try and find somebody that I want to trade Pokemon with. So I would be interested that if Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow all come out on this Switch Game Boy emulator or whatever, will you be able to digitally trade Pokemon? That's a very good question. Mm. That's a good question. Um, I mean, there's got to be some... Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. Mate, I, I don't know, because it wouldn't be the first time that they haven't activated full functionality in these games. Mm. Um, I think I think we actually had some issues with some of the Nintendo 64 games that they put on there. That really? there wasn't some updated digital functionality that, that, that should have been there. Mm. Um, I'll try and find that. Because, uh, I, I mean, I still have memories of, um, like, myself and, God... Matt, Ben, Josh, Zach, 
like my cousins, my brother, all sitting in like Nonna's house with our Game Boys, our original bricks. I had the grey. I think Ben had the red. um, Matt had the black. Josh had the yellow. um, One of them had see-through. You know, and we were there with the cables. There's something for you kids. You used to have to connect via cable your Game Boys to be able to trade Pokemon. That's how far back we're going here. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to have a quick... I'm just going to quickly look around, mate, see if I can find... There was something. I swear to God there was something. This is still a leak, remember, too. So there's nothing official been announced by Nintendo on on what's what's coming. Um, but, yeah, I, I, look, surely if you're going to release Pokemon, on, even on the Switch, you'd have to make it so that you could trade Pokemon. Like, that's a core thing of the game. Here, here we go. This is what it was. So, yeah. Mario Kart 64, not able to save ghost data due to the lack of an N64 controller pack being emulated alongside the game. What? Yeah, and it was, and they go on to say it was worth, this from NintendoWire.com, it's worth noting that this was also an issue with the Wii and Wii U virtual console releases of the game. How can you not, like, program that in? That's like a Uh, basic... Ocarina of Time had some issues. Water Temple's Dark Link boss fight arena not rendering correctly without fog or the very apparent reflection effect. Um, I mean, uh, the, the, you know, those, those sort of graphical issues, like, they'll happen. The, the, these are more the, the functional issues of a game. And, the yeah, the Mario Kart 64 one about not being able to save the ghost data is mind-blowing and hilarious mm. at the same time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. It'll be an interesting thing on Nintendo competing in this space and trying to um, trying to expand their offerings there, especially when like Xbox has been going with Games Pass for a while now, and PlayStation Plus is getting ready to launch in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. So there was some Australian pricing that got released recently, and so just for for those that, that don't know. Um, so PlayStation Plus is is changing. There's going to be technically four services, but there'll only ever be three in in a region. So for Australia, we've got PlayStation Plus Essential, which is basically the PlayStation Plus that they have now, which gives you online multiplayer, a couple of free games a month, and some extra um, bonus discounts and, and whatnot. And that's going to be $12 a month. Um, there is some discounts for doing it multiple months, but I'm just I would just want to stick with the monthly charge because I want to compare it to Games Pass in, mm-hmm. in a bit, just to try and get get some idea on where the value is here. Um, so essentials very basic. The next one up is PlayStation Plus Extra, which gets to you the same as Essential, plus you get um, a, a back catalogue of PS4 and PS5s and. The bit is hundreds of downloadable um, PS4 and PS5 games. So we'll see how many that is because the list hasn't been released yet. Um, and this this is where this is where the the plans start to differ. So there is a premium package that we're not getting here in Australia, which includes the some PS1, PS2, and PSP era games that you can download. Um, and for the regions that are going to get premium, they also are able to stream some PS3 games. Unfortunately, Sony are not releasing that in Australia, so we're getting PlayStation Plus Deluxe, which is basically all of that except no streaming. The streaming I can do without, if if I'm completely honest. I mean, I mean, I stream occasionally with XCloud, and it's it's I have a relatively good connection. It's still clunky as shit. Yeah. Like it, we're we're still a ways off. Um, but for me, the issue that I see here is that this is quite a, uh, not a, not a confusing, not a confusing, um, strategy. I think it's, uh, unnecessary. I think the multi-tiered approach is unnecessary. Like, you, you know, having an essential price, an extra price, a deluxe price. Um, the, you should only ever have a freemium and a premium. That's 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 all you should only ever have. Just a free minute. Make it nice and simple. Here's a heap of free stuff if you want it. Give you a little bit of a taste of the service. 
here's a premium offering where you get the full kit. Um, what are we paying at the moment for uh, Xbox Game Pass? So right for for myself, I've got Ultimate, which gets the PC and Xbox One. I'm paying sixteen ninety five a month. Okay, so, so sixteen ninety five a month for Ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm I'm not I'm not going to take your Steam here because I know you're about to compare them. Mm-hmm. Um, but sixteen, you know, ninety five, like you're still coming in cheaper than the PlayStation Plus Extra. That's it. And and it, already reads, yeah. it already reads like you're getting more for less effort, less confusion, mm-hmm. less having to dive through information. Less, you know what I mean? Like, just keep it simple. We, yeah. We've got so much choice as it is already. Keep it simple. The only thing that, that gets me a little bit, um, I don't mind that there's different tiers. I think the essential tier is unnecessary. I think that that tier should disappear and you should just have extra and deluxe. Yeah. Um, you talked, you spoke about the streaming not bothering you. That wouldn't bother me if there was another way to get the PS3 games. You can only get the PS3 games if you stream them. So it means that in Australia, the PS3 library is not available. Right. And, th- okay. and that, that annoys me. Like, if you can't offer it as streaming, why not offer it as download? And yeah, they're going to be huge games because they're PS3, but we're already downloading... PS5 and Xbox Series X games to our consoles, why does it matter? Like, PS3 games are not going to be as big as a PS4 or a PS5 game, so why can't we download them? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do do sort of question the value of it, especially when we don't have a games list just yet. So the with the extra being eighteen ninety five a month and the deluxe being twenty one ninety five a month. Look, it's not... Super more hang than the game. Somebody's here. Hello? Hey, Min. Sorry. Somebody's just wandered into the <laughs> into the studio. We're live. Come and say hi. This is this is this is um this is my cousin who's uh building the studio. He's this is this is Ben. Hi. Hi Ben. He says hello. I, I have saw you. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, mate? You alright? Yeah, good. That's good. We're just in the middle of a show. We have about ten minutes left, so give me uh just just give me a moment. Thanks, bro. Cheers. I just started. I started to shit myself, to be honest with you, because I could hear. I thought somebody had broken in. <laughs> um, sorry, mate. Go back to what you were saying. But, but, um, yeah, the, the price, the the way they're phrasing with hundreds of downloadable games, and we're talking a collection from the PS One, PS Two not ps3 here but ps3 in other regions ps4 and ps5 so it's there's a great range of games there um so the price kind of sits all right for me if if maybe a dollar or two on the expensive side but like you you still don't know what you're getting and Mm. and the fact that they're not even offering up another solution for the ps3 games yeah sure you don't want to do cloud gaming here and from a few of the articles I read, where was it? And I quote, no news to share about if cloud get the cloud gaming side of things is coming to Australia. So yeah, yeah. At, at least offer it in a different way. Um, so yeah, so that's, I, I don't, I, I think they had to do something to compete with Games Pass. 100%. Um, yeah. And, and I think this is a step in the right direction. And I guess we'll see on the, was it the 22nd of June when this launches, how it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I my if I had to crystal ball it, um, and this is probably my final thought on this, if I had to crystal ball it, uh, I would say that it won't be long until we get a much simplified version. Mm. Uh, you know, like maybe they're throwing this out there knowing that it's a little bit more complicated than this, you know, Xbox. Um, and, and they'll sort of take a good look at it and find a balance of, you know, what yeah. people are prepared to pay for and not, and then jig some things but i feel like at some point what will end up happening is they'll go guys we've you know we've been running it like this um what we're going to do is we're going to just roll it all into one yeah or Uh, or maybe because like the maybe this is the transition plan like you're saying because the essential plan is basically the ps plus plan that they currently have so maybe they're looking at transitioning those existing people onto this it's not going to cost them more they get the exact same thing and then they can say all right, no worries, we're moving on to this. But yeah, yeah. that's it'll be interesting and time will tell. 
So two more things going to quickly get through. So one interesting thing that popped up for me, we were talking about sales earlier as well of like the PS2 and the Xbox 360. Um, This popped up on my feed and it surprised me a little bit considering how how hard it's been to get hold of them. But um, there was some tracking of the Xbox Series X and S compared to the Xbox 360 and how that had been selling. Um, So... The comparison that I saw was that 17 months after the launch, Xbox Series X has shipped something like 13.87 million units. Right. At 17 months into the Xbox 360's lifetime, they haven't even cracked 10 million. So that that kind of seems a bit mad to me. And I don't know if that's just where we are in the gaming world at the moment, where more people are picking up the console, so there's more demand for it, which has also made it scarcer. Or if... Yeah, I, I don't know what the, another option. There I, was. I, look, I, I think I, I think there's a number of different reasons. I think there's a you know there's there's any there's a shit ton of different reasons. I mean, you know, you've you've virtually got double the population purchasing a console now, don't you? Because you've got yeah. us older gamers who grew up with this shit. Um, we were the only ones around at the time that were buying the Xbox 360. Um, you know, and granted, there were you know people older than us or our parents or whatever it was. Um, and whereas we're, we're so entrenched and ingrained as adults now, as, as consumers of gaming entertainment. So we're buying it all. Our kids are buying it all. Um, I, I think the figures that I know, God, in Australia, in Australia alone, um, I'm pretty sure 98% of households identify as having a gaming console in, oh, wow. in their household. Um, there's IGEA did a, uh, they do their annual report um, every year, obviously, because it's annual, uh, and I, I think it was some something stupid like that, something crazy. Um, but yeah, I, like the the Xbox Series X, we've also just gone through. I don't know how old these are. Um, these comparisons, we've also gone through two years of pandemic, so mm. you know, people looking for entertainment at home, everything technologically has accelerated in terms yeah. of consumer uptake. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I, th- I think it's a I think it's clearly an answer, but I think it's just there's that many answers to it, you know. It just surprises me that they are that scarce to try and get, but there's that many more out there in the wild than what yeah. the 360 was. And I don't remember the the 360 having that. I vaguely remember the Wii having some uh, some supply issues, but that was more they were just selling so much they couldn't keep up with them in shops. Yeah. Whereas this is is a supply issue like further down the chain but but yeah it was still still interesting to uh to see that um but one last thing before we go and we get a big question in as well um, hey look at this, Petey, who wrote yeah, this? that's it who wrote this? I, I don't know pete who, who wrote who some some idiot wrote this i don't know what you were talking legend. about on the, yeah legend. Legend, legend yeah um but yes diablo immortal has got a release date as well yeah, uh, I'll I'll, I'll I'll take it from here, I guess, because uh, I, yeah, I, I wrote the story. I'm very excited about this um, for a number of reasons, but uh, in particular because of the the crossplay uh, and cross platforming between PC and mobile. So the full fledged game is going to release on mobile June three. The PC version, which is going to be um, beta, uh, it's going to have all of the features and everything, but it's still effectively inverted commas going to be beta. Um, the the cool thing about this also on June three. Um, the releases go hand in hand. So you could be at home mucking around with Diablo Immortal on your PC and then go, oh, as I've written in the story, shit, I've got to go to my doctor's appointment. Oh, God, I'm going to be sitting there for ages. Oh, I'll just crank up and continue playing um, on my mobile when 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 we get there. Um, it's got some really awesome modes. If you just scroll down a little bit just so I can remember. Yeah. The PvP, the social mechanics in the PvP, in this um, are, are really awesome. It takes place in Sanctuary. It's It sort of sits timeline-wise in between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. Um, the the PvP, there's a there's there's the, obviously the two factions, Shadows and Immortals, but there's one particular um, PvP is like an added uh, bonus game mode, and it's called the Cycle of Strife. And it's faction versus faction, but what's, what ends up happening is the top player in the server gains the eternal crown, becomes the leader of the immortals, and then it turns into a one versus 30. So that player versus 30 shadows, and he has to defend his reign, um, essentially. So it's, man, it's very cool. 
Um, six classes, you know, they're all the iconic classes. They make a comeback as well. Uh, and as I've touched on in this, and it was pretty much the crux of the story anyway, you know, we all love, love, a, love a cosmetic, um, but the, the Horrid Room cosmetic set is up for grabs as we speak. So all you have to do is um, dive in. It's a, it's a sick-looking set. Uh, but you just dive in. Um, you can either pre-register. I think pre-registrations are up and available now. Um, but even if you register and get there, you know, June 3, June 4, like you pass the launch date, as long as you actually um, dive into the game and play the tutorial within 30 days after release, you'll be able to get the set as well. So, um, yeah, very, very exciting. Very cool. Looks very cool. That's it. Yeah, and I, I'm really excited about the cross-play and cross-progression. Like, cross-progression, I love. I like, yeah. I like being able to change my device and go, yep, cool, I'm picking up the same game. I don't have to start from scratch. And all of your, your beta stuff, once mm. it comes out of beta, it stays, um, yeah. you know, it, it logs them, so you're not going to lose any of that that grinding. Um, oh, damn. Nice. Cool. Oh, damn. Cool. So one final last thing before we sign off, Pete. we got a big question. we got a big we got to get this. And I felt like because we were talking to Andrew about Barton Lynch Pro, um, we need to ask the question, what Aussie-made game are you looking forward to? Obviously, Barton Lynch Pro is on our list. What Aussie-made game mm. am I looking forward to? There is one. Um, God. Uh, God. Oh, me and Chris, I were talking about this for ages. It's not Broken Roads, is it? Cause it's Broken like, Roads. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Ding. That's the one that I'm looking forward to. It's Broken Roads. Yeah. Um, looks very like early Fallout games-esque um, in, its, in its artwork, in its graphical style, its execution. Uh, obviously set in the Australian Outback. I think for me, I'm really looking forward to that game because I, I'm really interested in how they pluck Australia and how they reflect Australia. I mean, I, like, you know, in that shot just there, I'm pretty sure we saw a Greenhold and Ute. Yeah. You know, like that's, yeah, that that to me is cool because we're going to be travelling this this landscape going, oh, I recognise that. Oh, look at that. That's a ute. Oh, there's yeah. an easy Australian flag. Uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to this game, as well as the fact that it's um, actually being touted as, uh, as, as quite good. So, mm. yeah. The moral system in it has, has been just excellent from what, what I've been seeing and reading about it. And I can't, can't wait for it to come out because I will definitely be playing this. But another one, um, it's one that I saw at a game dev thing here in Perth a while back is this Misk, um, A Tiny Tale. And it's just this cute little platformer thing. I've, they've had a demo out a couple of times that I've played and uh, it just, it's, it's just cute. And, um, it's grabbed me and, and I can't wait to see more, more of this one. So um, I think it's on a wish list on Steam now so you can go and go and wish list it. And I definitely have. And Aww, yeah, check it out. So yeah. Look at so that! Cute. And yeah, you go around and you collect these golden cogs and lets you advance through the stage. And the little nuts are the things that you use as currency. And yeah, it's just it's just cute and it looks really yeah. cool. That's wicked. So, but yes, what do you guys think? Let us know on on our socials. Give us a buzz there. Um, let us know in Twitch chat if you got anything you're looking at. But I think for us, that's about it for tonight, Pete. That's it for tonight. I want to thank Manscaped for um, the last uh, four weeks of support. Really appreciate it. Lovely to have you guys on board. Um, got a couple of really cool announcements um, to make very soon, including a studio partner, um, which will, which I'm looking forward to telling everybody about very soon. Um, and obviously, you know, here we are. The new studio is, is slowly coming together. I think we, um, I think maybe the next show we do it from here, mate. Um, I, I think we, we might be up for that, Pete. Yeah, but, uh, I'll be in here over the next week as long as touch wood, I don't get COVID. Um, throwing a few more things together, setting a few more things up, making it look a little bit more like a proper nice space. Uh, but for the time being, we're here and it's cool and it's amazing to have this set up and there's electricity and lightning, lighting and there's internet and, God, it just feels... This feels very cool. So, oh, um, very good, very good, Jimbo. Very good. Awesome. Thank you, Pete. It's been amazing, and can't wait to get into that studio. And everybody else, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, don't forget to save. Game on, legends. Yes.
You have found us. You are here. You are watching our shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. No, look, if for some ungodly reason you do really love it, click subscribe. It means that you get notifications and stuff when we upload more of this gear. So, yeah. I, and, I mean, that's, that's that's really it. We have a heap of stuff going up all the time. Yeah. So make sure you don't want to miss any of it. I mean, you you know, it, it won't put food on the table. We get that. <laughs> um, it's not going to earn you money watching our things. It, it'll earn us money. We're not even monetized yet. No, we're not. That's um, how bad it is. But um, I don't know, mate. Just do us a solid, I guess. Please. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>